And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just the duo of feathery weather and weather in any season to see the Eagles eating teams like Scrammy's top with cheese. It's Philadelphia. Both when Zach kicking it cooler than two penguins till Zach runs off with his valet keys. He's a real nuanced goose. Pull up a branch, get loose. It's time for some juice on some birds with friends. The early bird gets the worm, but prefers getting turned like a turn on some birds with friends. Zach coming at you with stats and things flapping We are going to rip out the hearts of other podcasts. We are going to bite off their eyeballs. We're going to start every segment watching the scene from The Last of the Mohicans where the guy takes a bite out of the other guy's heart. We may not be good, but we're going to be nasty. We're going to reflect the blue-collar nature of this city. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Friday afternoon edition of Birds with Friends, 46 and a half hours away from the start of the Eagles' 2022 season. Excitement in the air, the sickos in the chat. Lots to get to. Bo Wolf, Zach Berman, Marissa Dunn will we'll be joined by Colton Pouncey, who covers the Lions for The Athletic uh, in a little bit to get our Crow Thine Enemy. We will have the first edition of Swooper Sorecasting in 2022. Deniz has submitted some chicanery that we will uh, we will be surprised by and figure out. And we'll have our Crystal Ball Deagle predictions about what is going to happen in this game on Sunday. But we start, Marissa. How are you? I was ready for the Stone Cold News, man. <laughs> I was like, had my hand on the button. Um, I'm good. Uh, excited that week one is obviously finally here. That uh, was very surprising uh, performance from, not surprising from the Bills, but, uh, you know, mm. I was a wild game last night. You know, my turf, Stefan Diggs, big game. So happy to see that. Well, Gabe Stephon Davis. Diggs. Nothing. What a day for what a night for Zach and me. Gabe yes. Davis kicking off the scoring. Jamison Crowder exploding. Yeah. Zach and I were high fiving. It was fantastic. Yeah. Zach, how are awesome. you? I'm doing great. I am so excited for this podcast for this weekend. As Peyton Man, in the great words of Peyton Manning, or the words of the great Peyton Manning, I should say. God no, bless. You know what? Man. I you know you shouldn't have done that. You know, I kept it in the great words of Peyton Manning. <laughs> in the words of the great Peyton Manning, God bless football, right? It is so cool. oh, it's gross. Yes. Oh, it is gross. It I is wish awesome. the audio listeners could see Bo's face oh. when those words came Bo, out. Bo, why is that your response? It was what if, like uh, what if the what if the athletic trainer from the University of Tennessee who was there when Peyton Manning was there was listening to this podcast right now? Okay. How Bo, would you I, feel? I'm, I'm I'm simply saying that is so nice to have football this week. Like I, I, I get excited. Why do you have to bring God into it? That's the expression. <laughs> That's the expression. It's, it, it's an expression. I was simply saying, I'm so thankful football is here. Okay. That is, it was a way of, it was a creative way. Yeah. Of I was feeling, concept. I was on the same page as you and then you ruined it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm do you have any good, too, Zach. Do you have any good Thank Queen Elizabeth stories, Zach? I, 
am aware of what you are asking. My condolences to her family. Oh. Um, and uh, he I know thought I, that was a culture question. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I don't have any uh, good Queen Elizabeth stories. Okay. To you? Marissa, how about you? Um, well, Maryland football shared that she actually attended a Maryland football game. Look at which, that. Yeah, that was like really cool. I did not know that. So um, that was that was cool to see. But um, yeah, very sad. So. Mm. Well, yeah, from from, you know, one royalty to another, um, you know, all the hearts <laughs> go out. A king to a queen. A king to a queen. Exactly. All right. Uh, Zach, why don't we uh, why don't we get the update? From the Novacare Complex, Nick Sirianni spoke today. The Eagles had a practice before they head out to Detroit tomorrow afternoon. What's the latest and greatest from the Novacare Complex? We send it over to the Stone Cold Newsman himself, Zachary Berman. A.J. Brown got stung by a bee. That is your news update from the Novacare Complex today. A.J. Brown on the practice field today, but... Uh, it came after a bee sting. So first time uh, that, that that was something that uh, I, I know caught social media attention. He seemed fine. He practiced and he was sitting in the locker room afterwards. So AJ Brown. Okay. But that as far as legit, I don't want to say legitimate as far as other news updates, uh, Eagles are healthy. Uh, relatively speaking, Josiah Scott was the only one who was limited yesterday. We'll get the full practice report, but every starter is going to be out there. Uh, on Sunday, um, we will see what the, we'll actually talk to Colton about the Lions situation. Uh, the Eagles still have an open spot on the roster. My guess is that is a player who's promoted from practice squad. My guess is that is a player who will return punts and potential kickoffs for them. And so the most likely candidate in that case would be Britton Covey, or I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Britton Covey. Um, and then other than that, this is look, the Eagles are are ready to play. We've been talking theoretical now for a month and a half if you want to extend it to the offseason for you know six months and now we actually get to talk football right now we actually get get real material Thank things you, Jesus. occurring <laughs> so uh that's it as far as an update but the eagles are healthy and for our listeners and viewers i imagine and i guess for the players themselves you don't want to wish bad health on anyone but um i imagine people want this to be the update next week as well Back to you at the studio. Is that what you're waiting for? Okay. Yes. Thank you, Zach. Okay. Appreciate that. Uh, also, the Eagles uh, doing some clerical business on the contract front, restructuring both Lane Johnson and Isaac Sayamalu's contract. I think the Sayamalu one is a little bit more interesting only because he was entering the final year of his deal. This means that he will be uh, on the team beyond this season, most likely. Good news for him. Uh, a little stability as he begins his Newfound career as a right guard. Tough job hey, so, playing between Jason Kelsey and Lane Johnson. So just uh, I well was was that announced or the same that came out one from, recently? Yes, from Field Yates. I see an hour ago. Okay, the Eagles converted. Um, and 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 so you interpret that as as meaning he's going to be on on the roster next year. I don't. I guess I'm not 100 percent sure, but that's usually what that means. Okay. okay, I could be wrong. I mean, there's there's a lot of optimism. About Isaac Sayamalu in the building. We spoke to Jeff Stoutland yesterday, and the way he speaks about Isaac is uh, like you could sell that. Well, as 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 you mentioned or as you established early in camp, there was never a competition there. 
for that right guard spot. It was Isaac all the way. But they're not viewing Isaac as just like a piece of the puzzle here. They view him as a key player on that offensive line. There's a lot of optimism about the way him and Lane are playing together. Uh, so, yeah. I, and guys, I think that, no, sorry, go ahead. Oh, oh no, I, I was simply saying I, I think they view it as there's there's another level for Isaac Sayamalu to go. We, you know, if you think back to those great offensive lines, he was kind of viewed often as like the fifth guy. I think they don't view him that way. They think there's another level for him to go. And they have always talked about him, both uh, Stout and the guys in that room, as like the the one guy who can hang intellectually uh, in terms of football wise with with Kelsey and Stout. Like uh, I think Mylotta called it the uh, the Einstein sessions that they have in the back, and um, listening to a couple other guys talk about it, he he's the one who they say sees the game in a, in a similar level. So. Uh, We'll see how that plays out. Obviously, he's got athletic tools as well. And as I as I hinted at, I mean, to play between Kelsey and Lane Johnson um, is about as good of a draw as you can get uh, for an offensive lineman. So I would expect I would expect that he should have a good year. It's like being on a pod with you and Marissa. It's as good no. as I can get. Yes. Very nice. Go ahead, Marissa. Did you have no, something to say? Nothing. Well, you know, I see like you, you pulled the mute off. And so I don't know if. Oh. Yeah, I just I had to finish uh, posting my mm. last podcast. <laughs> how are we feeling about how are we feeling about MD heading into this weekend? I'm excited. Um, they Home play the what? Panthers uh, in Charlotte. Yes, mm. so I will be going to Charlotte with my. You gotta mom. go to Resident Culture. Yeah, I'm not gonna be there very long. I get in mm. Saturday night and leave Monday morning, but um, not the best weather supposed to be either. But. Excited to to spend a few hours in Charlotte. Uh, excited for the game, obviously. Well, that great reminds- city. That reminds me that uh, the one thing that I meant to do on Wednesday and forgot to do, uh, and much to my chagrin, I can do now and say that uh, the the main event of this weekend in Philadelphia, not necessarily the yes. season opener in Detroit. Saturday. What a pregame. What, what pregame, what better pregame could you possibly get as a Philadelphian than Saturday night, the Mount Joy concert, which we are going to miss being in Detroit and uh, heartbroken to do so, but. If there are any Birds with Friends listeners out there looking for something to do Saturday night, support the brand. Let's go. Absolutely. So. Maybe they'll they'll sing uh, <laughs> IKTR. You think that'll I be the uh, right. yeah? You think that'll be the uh, the encore? That would be for, incredible. For like nine people. I uh, if they did that, oh my, that would be that would be the new intro song. I think he sings it so well. I know. Yeah. It, it uh yeah he he should play it he said on he said on twitter that uh they were at like a i think a festival and, and green day was there and he couldn't believe that they were stealing his music <laughs> there you go it's good line. all right uh anything else news wise that we should talk about zach ahead of uh, ahead of this game anything you learned in the locker room this week anything that's a bit on your radar as we uh, as we prepare for sunday's game I thought I thought Stoutland was was great yesterday. I'll, I'll defer to our offensive line expert on summarizing Stoutland. Um, Marissa, in, <laughs> I don't think she was there. <laughs> Both of you. Uh, no, I, I. You know, hearing Darius Slay speak, right? Um, you you heard Jalen Hurts last week after Nick Sirianni announced the captains, um, but hearing uh, uh, Darius Slay speak about the how significant that is for him is he's in year ten. He's never been a captain. Um, and I thought Bo did a good piece last year on, it was before the playoff game, on Darius Slay 
he, he would not like saying Darius on, on Slay about, you know, he has this, this uh, playful um, personality that it can sometimes be misperceived as like not being um, serious, serious. Yes. I was, I was, yeah, I suppose serious is the right word. And, and, and so he, he appreciated being voted this by his peers in part for that reason, because like they see, yes, he keeps it light, but he, he does care about leadership and, and, and doing specific things. You know, I, there's, there's a piece I'm looking into where he, uh, he went out to work at, at Marcus Epps's gym in California. Like Marcus Epps has never really been a full-time starting safety. Darius Lay has been a pro bowl cornerback, right? You don't think about, uh, Pro Bowl cornerback going out to work at what what then's been a backup safeties gym, but but part of that is is Slay's personality, right? He 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 has a certain leadership style. Avante Maddox wrote on Twitter, he's the best leader that he's that he's he's been around. It's not wow, leadership that's a shot at Malcolm Jenkins. I feel <laughs> it's well, no, it's, it's it's a different leadership style as you know, say Malcolm or Jason Kelsey or everyone has has different leadership styles. But it's a style unique to Darius Slay, so he he appreciate he appreciated that. Uh, Miles Sanders yesterday was very by the book in terms of you know not focused on his own stats, focused on on getting W's, focused on the left column, if you will. Uh, but but he he says he's healthy. He said you know he's he's ready to go. So not much to worry about there. We we covered Jason Kelsey, hearing different guys in the locker room. Um, yeah, I think I think guys are, are ready to play, right? There's all the storylines we've we've kind of covered over the past six weeks. When you're at this point and you're a few days away from week one, it's like let's just get on that field and play. And and lastly, uh, before we go to break and bring in Colton, Zach, uh, what's your expectation for how much CJ Gardner Johnson we're going to see in this game? I expect it to be almost full bore. Not, like yeah, I think he's he's the full time starter. Right. I understand for competitive purposes why they're trying to keep this close to the vest. Uh, they didn't cut Anthony Harris for it to be Reed Blankenship back there, Kayvon Wallace How back there. You. Right. Um, no, they it's it's so so CJ Gardner Johnson plays and Gardner Johnson and Marcus Epps will be the top safeties. Perhaps there are certain packages where they might mix different guys in because Gardner Johnson doesn't have the same practice reps in that package. But when we look at the playing time distribution on Monday morning, or I, I know Bo uh, tracks a, um, a specific thing each game, if you're tracking his, his snaps, um, it's going to be as close to a full load as possible. All right. Something to pay attention to. Uh, let's take a little break, hear from our very valued sponsors, and come back and get to crow thine enemy. Talk to Colton Pouncey about these Detroit Lions. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, back on Birds with Friends, Bo, Zach, and Marissa, and we are very pleased now to be joined by Colton Pouncey, who covers uh, the Lions so deftly for The Athletic. Colton, how are you? Pretty good. I just want to say uh, Birds with Friends is an awesome name. Like I even thought that like a couple years ago when I was still covering colleges. So it's an honor to be here. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for saying so. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Golden Pouncey is a better name than Birds with Friends. Let's be fair. So uh, <laughs> what's it been like? Uh, you, you mentioned that uh, you're coming from from Michigan State um, in, ter- in terms of like the inside baseball moving from college to uh, to pros. What is that? What has that transition been like for you? Oh man, it's been fun. Um, you know, I was I was talking to Nick Baumgartner about this, but even this time last year, like MSU in, in the month of August, they usually give us like maybe one open practice a week for like <laughs> 15 minutes and we only see stretching and we have to, you know, couple with observations off that. So being out there for training camp with the Lions, you know, basically every day and um, you know, seeing everything from my own eyes that kind of helped me learn the team faster. And I feel like I have a pretty good grasp of things right now. So that's that's been awesome. Um, I wanted to cover the NFL for a long time. So making that transition has been a lot of fun. And uh, also living in, in Detroit, uh, getting out of a college town in my mid 20s and moving to, you know, more of an actual city has been good. So, yeah, good things all around out here. Two things. First off, well, so I guess three things, because first off, congratulations. Right. Thank well you. deserved. I enjoyed your, your Michigan State work. Um, second thing, got good job on the on the Kelvin Shepard story. I recommend Appreciate our it. listeners check that out before the game. Um, and third thing, this one's kind of in jest. But a hard knock star. What has yes. your life been like for the past <laughs> month since since hard knocks fame? You know, my phone definitely blew up that night that the episode aired, and I kind of told my friends, like some of my buddies from back home, like, so I may or may not be on the first episode. But I guess we'll see. I, I was telling them my alarm went off uh, mid Dan Campbell press conference the first day, literally my first day of, of training camp out there. Of course, like 15 minutes in. Um, but no, it's it's been fun. Like hearing the reaction, I got a lot of tweets that day. Uh, the Lions had some fun with it. Campbell had some fun with it. So. No, it's been it's been a good time, and honestly, I, I love the show. Like I was, I haven't really watched Hard Knocks like seriously in a couple of years, so diving back into it was a lot of fun. That also, again, for a first year reporter on the beat, kind of helped me right. learn more about the personalities and the coaching staff and whatnot. I'm sure you've answered this before, but but what was the alarm for? <laughs> That's just my daily alarm. It was set for like eight fifteen, and normally I'm up before then. It's just like, all right, maybe just try to wake yourself up if, if right. you're still sleeping. And so, I mean, I was at the line. So Campbell was given an, a very early press conference. Yeah, I mean, I was okay. out there seven thirty, and uh, the uh, presser was at eight. Had, so, yeah. yeah, it was a little rough. That's a little early that I'm used to waking up, but <laughs> we got used to it. Also, ahead, I want to give a quick shout out to to uh, Colson to to Colton's successor, 
on the Michigan State beat, Justin Thine, because he is a Birds with Friends listener. Yeah, uh, from, from what I understand. Yeah, so uh, congratulations to Justin. <laughs> Big Philly guy too, yeah. That's right. Uh, all right, Colton. So, so we want to learn a little bit about this this Lions team, uh, and I guess to start, just in terms of the nitty gritty of this matchup, it seems like uh, there there are a bunch of injuries going on with the with the Lions right now. What are the spots that are that are up in the air, and and like what do we know who's going to be playing at, at those spots? I think it is still kind of up in the air. I think the offensive line is probably you know the, the spot you look at, and it's kind of unfortunate for this team because that was supposed to be a strength going into the season. Um, you know, starting five didn't play a single snap together last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there's better. There's hope that things will be better this year, but that has not been the case so far. Um, Big B, uh, you know, Vitae, a guy that you guys probably know. Um, you know, Alapulavati. Yes, I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce that, but you got it. <laughs> um, he's, uh, you know, he's on IR right now with, with a back injury, and that was, I think, that happened in the final preseason game against the Steelers. So. A little rough that it happened that last week, but he's going to miss at least the first four games of the season. The Lions are kind of shuffling there along the offensive line. Frank Ragnow, you know, one of the best centers in the game. He's also dealing with, I think, a groin injury. So he's kind of missing practice time this week. They're still not sure about his status going into Sunday's game. Um, it seems, if I had to guess, I think he might try to power through. It seems like he was in good spirits today. Um, but I would say that right guard spot is probably a challenge right now, and they're still not sure what they're going to do there. Um, they've discussed moving Penny Sewell over from right tackle to right guard. I'm not sure if that's the best option. Um, Why would you do that? I, I think they should just leave him alone. Like that's a dude that you don't touch. But right. um, Tommy Kramer, who probably would have been the likely backup to Vitae, he's dealing with a back injury himself. So they've kind of had to discuss some internal plans. And I would guess maybe Logan Stenberg, um, another guard on the team, might end up getting some time over there. He's normally playing the left side, but they might move him up over to the right side for this game. So the offensive line is kind of, shaken up right now and again that's unfortunate because this was supposed to be a strength and when you're going against an eagles front like that i think you have some concerns there for sure so yeah, so uh, oh i'm, I'm sorry you got no, no no i i just want to give a, a a quick kind of behind the scenes for you here colton uh i mean far be it for me to deviate from the interview because i like to keep things on task but i i, I was not trying to be rude when i said halapulavati it was a shout out to our longtime listeners here because, um, and I'll, I'll, I'll give you the story real quick. Totally. I always called him Halapulavati, right? Because that's his given name, right? But one year in Madden, I believe it was his first year, it said Hal Vitae. And I asked him, does anyone call you Hal? And he said, no, no one calls me Hal. <laughs> and I said, okay. He said, but you can call me Hal. Okay. Right? So, <laughs> so, call uh, <laughs> me Hal. so I never knew whether to take advantage of that but even yeah, still yeah. i always I, I i always called him halapulavati so uh that was the joke that's why i interjected and said halapulavati but everyone <laughs> i i always felt odd calling a guy i didn't know big v right like yeah. if, if you see someone for the first time you're like hey big v right <laughs> i think i had to get on big v level with him mm. first yeah so, for sure that makes yeah, sense. nice guy though nice guy, Great anyway, guy yeah. sorry. i was gonna say the offensive line thing is interesting because like the one thing that we sort of heard about the lions all summer is that like you know they're, they're, the, the roster is not perfect, but they're going to be strong up front on both sides of the ball, the offensive line and the defensive line. And, and I was thinking back to last year, and, I mean, the Eagles killed that uh, that that Lions offensive line. It was, I think, the most sacks they had in the game all season. But the Lions were without Frank Ragno, as you said. They were they were without Taylor Decker. So expectations, it was going to be much better. Um, obviously, they're without their right guard, and, and Fletcher Cox and Jordan Davis are licking their chops. That's, that's something to watch. Uh, the other thing I want to ask you about on offense, I mean – to me, like the the Lions' optimism is so muted by the quarterback is still Jared Goff. 
<laughs> but I know that like the reports from Camper are that he had this this great summer. Where do you stand on on expectations for Goff? It's definitely a weird spot right now. And actually, I have a story coming out on Goff tomorrow morning, I think. But uh, yeah, you have some sectional Lions fans that are like, just get us our next quarterback. Like we'll draft someone. Like we have two first round picks in 2023. Like we'll find our guy then. Get Goff out of here. Then you have another section of Lions fans that are like, look, this is a guy that's taken a team to a Super Bowl. Um, he's had some success. Uh, like, why can't he be the guy here, at least until we figure things out? So I'm kind of somewhere in the middle of that because I, I have liked what I've seen from Goff in training camp. He's looked really good, and he looks a lot more comfortable. Um, I wasn't around last year, but if you talk to anyone, any of the team reporters, anything like that, they'll tell you he was out of place. He didn't really look comfortable. His confidence might have been shaken after the way things went down in L.A., um, and I think they feel better about where he is. Uh, they have a new offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, who was a tight ends coach last year, got promoted. He's kind of worked with Goff one-on-one to kind of take some things from the Rams um, that worked well for him, that offense, bring that over to Detroit. Uh, looks like he's more comfortable. They've added some pieces around him, like DJ Chark coming in from Jacksonville. Um, Josh Reynolds was added midseason. He looked a lot better when Reynolds came over. Obviously, those two played together in L.A. too. Um, and then Abin Rossi and Brown take another step in his second year. He really ended the year on a high note last year. So I think they feel good about, you know, the the pass catchers that they have around him, um, the offense that's been tailored to kind of fit his skill sets in a way. Um, and honestly, like even the backup situation, like they did not go out and add a veteran or a rookie. So they basically said, Jared, like this is your year. This is your team. We want to be able to surround you with the piece that you need to have success. And I think also for the Lions for an office, they want to position him to in a way that makes some makes things easier for them to make an evaluation on him. Like last year was kind of tough given all that he was dealing with. His receivers weren't great, bad offensive line banged up, all that. But I think now he's in a much better spot to where this front office can say, we're going to find out if you're our guy one way or another this year. So, again, some some optimism that things will be better, but he's got to go out in the field and prove it. I'm glad you mentioned those skill spots because I, I was going to bring that up. I think this is uh, an ideal time, if you will, for – someone to get the Lions because once you get Jameson Williams in in there later in the year, mm -hmm. this is a team that offensively I imagine could look different in November, December, right? You mentioned the 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 wide receivers. As I look at at their roster and just seeing the way they played last year and I, I know it's evolved, I imagine any defensive game plan probably starts with DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. Uh, is is that the way you see it as well? Or do you think the wide receivers are, are the skill guys who are really going to challenge the Eagles? I think it starts with those two guys for sure. I mean, DeAndre Swift is an incredible talent. Um, he's got all the tools to kind of put together and have a special season. Like, he's another one of those dudes that just has to go out and do it at this point. Um, TJ Hawkinson, him and Goff have a good connection for sure. But I look at those receivers, and I think that it's obviously a lot better than it was last year when he was – I think he had like Rashad Perriman and Tyrell Williams, you know, in, in training camp, and that didn't really work out with either of those guys. So that group of receivers is a lot better, a lot more stable for Goff right now. And obviously, when you add a guy like Jameson Williams and the speed that he brings, you know, it's going to open some things up for him. And, you know, Goff didn't really take a lot of downfield shots last year. Um, it looked like, you know, talking to some guys, it seemed like he was maybe a little hesitant, didn't want to, you know, make a mistake. Maybe it was still something in his head from, you know, his time with the Rams where he's trying to, you know, I guess, figure himself out a little bit. But whatever it was, he wasn't really taking too many downfield shots. And, you know, I think that now that he's got some of those pieces, I think you're going to see him air it out a little bit more. DJ Chark has also looked great. He's a downfield threat at 6'4". He's got some speed. Um, so I think this offense will be able to stretch the field a little bit more. And honestly, I think Jameson and Amon Ra St. Brown, like those are two young guys that really complement each other well. Amon Ra can be like, you know, the security blanket, the guy that, 
you know, the intermediate stuff, the short stuff, he's going to be there and he's kind of a technician the way he works. And then Jameson can take the top off the defense. So I think they feel really good about the young core receivers that they have, the two veterans and Reynolds and Chark and, and Goff kind of is the one that's really at the forefront of all this. On defense, Colton, you have a, a really good story up now on on Jeff Akuda, the former third overall pick. And uh, I would imagine that uh, he is going to be somebody that the Eagles are sort of circling this week, uh, given that he had a sort of a, a tough rookie year, is coming off the Achilles injury. They've got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith on the outside. He's going to be going up against uh, one of those guys on, on pretty much every play. What are your what are sort of your expectations for, for Akuda and, and what was it like getting to know him a little bit more? Yeah, I mean, he's a really interesting dude. Um, he's self-describes. He's described himself as, a, you know, a deep thinker and overthinker, which I, I thought was interesting from a story perspective. Like, how does a guy who's dealing with an Achilles injury, one of you know, major injury in the sport, how does he kind of deal with that when he has so much time off? Is he like worrying about getting back? Is he worrying about what people are saying? What's the rehab process looking like? All that. So, I kind of dove into some of that in the story. Um, really smart dude. You could tell that he studies the game. I don't think anyone can ever question his work ethic or the time that he puts into becoming a good player. He just hasn't been able to do it. You know, his rookie year, COVID kind of interrupted some things. Uh, he's playing under Matt Patricia, which is not ideal. Uh, he had some issues. Yeah. yeah. Is, is, is the hill still there, by the way? The uh, man-made hill from the run? The hill is there. And we, okay. I, it's funny because okay. I learned about that in training camp. Okay. Matt Patricia built this hill for the players to get some extra work in, and, like, they all hated it. And it's funny now when you watch because Dan, Dan Campbell doesn't make him do anything, but you see the defensive line going over there probably like a, at least once a week and getting some extra work and actually using it on their own, which kind of shows you the culture shift here. But uh, yeah, in terms of Akuda, like this is another big year for him. There's so many players in this Lions team that like they could be good. You know, what's is, is the situation right? Like Akuda, he had those injuries in 2020 that only I think he only played nine or ten games that year as a rookie. Um, last year, there were some high hopes going into training camp. And then the season, and then he blows out, you know, his Achilles in week one. So um, by all accounts, he's in a good space right now. Uh, he seems like he finished the preseason on a high note, had a really good performance against the Steelers in that final game. But he just got to go out and perform. And I think the question now is, can you get something out of him? It doesn't have to be, you know, the all pro like shutdown corner that maybe they thought they were getting a couple of years ago. And if you can get a serviceable cornerback, starting cornerback, um, that caliber player from Jeff Akuda this season, and maybe he can build on that. I think you're happy with that, and I think you'll take that. So it'll be interesting for sure. The obviously the the biggest offseason addition is the number two overall pick, Aiden Hutchinson. Um, oh, we all saw what he did. My, those are my <laughs> short arms. Oh, okay. These are my short arms. So, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, so uh, we all saw what he did at Michigan, obviously. Um, but how does he look so far this summer? Hard knocks aside, and is he rushing exclusively from? The right side. So, so that means he would see Jordan Mailata this weekend. They kind of move him around a little bit, to be honest, him okay. and, and Charles Harris. You know, sometimes they even put Aiden inside. I think on you might see that on a third down package um, just to get their best rushers on the field at once. But Aiden's look really good overall. Um, it's funny. Every time you, you talk to someone, whether it's – I think we had Brad Holmes and Ray Agnew, the assistant GM, a couple weeks ago. And Agnew was like, I'm still blown away by, like, how athletic he is. He's way more athletic than we thought. And, like, that seems to be – a recurring theme with him. Uh, Nick Baumgartner wrote a, a profile of him today, and that was something that, that keeps getting discussed with him. But the Lions really – I guess they shouldn't have had any doubts because Aiden Hutchinson was a dude at Michigan, and he's more athletic than he looks for sure. But um, I think the effort and the toughness and all that stuff, like he's a total package for them, and especially what Dan Campbell wants out of a high draft pick. Like he seems like the perfect Dan Campbell fit for this team. Um, they definitely needed some help 
you know, rushing the passer. They weren't great at that last year. So I think having him on one side and Charles Harris, who I think he had a career high, I want to say like seven and a half sacks last year, something like that. Uh, I think that will open up some things for him on the other side. So Aiden's, Aiden's look great. He look at, as advertised. If you watch Hard Knocks, you can see all the coaches kind of gushing about him every chance they get. So it's hard to find someone that will say a bad thing or even that he needs to keep working on something. You don't really hear that. He's got a high floor. They kind of know what they're going to what they're going to get from him this year, even though he's a rookie, which you don't always see. So they they feel really good about Aiden Hutchinson and kind of the, the things that he brings to the table. Is he the of, face of the franchise, by the way? Like, is, <laughs> I mean, he's he's the local guy who who went to Michigan as 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 we go to Detroit this this weekend. Is he the guy who is is like in front of Ford Field? As the billboard, he's getting there. If he's not there now, he will be by the end of the year. I think. Um, I think his his jersey is already the number one seller with this team right now, which makes sense because he's new. But also, that's kind of like the place that uh, he's expected to be. You know, they had like a little fan event at uh, Ford Field before the season, and uh, I was kind of following him around. And the, the entire there wasn't a ton of fans there, but they were chanting his name, like wanting to get his autograph, all that stuff. So you can feel it for sure. He's a local kid. Not sure if he grew up a Lions fan. I think he might have said he grew up a Pats fan, but. He definitely followed this team, and uh, he wanted to be drafted here when he found out that it was a possibility. So the Lions could not have turned in their their card sooner to to draft the guy. So I think they feel good about him, and I think he's happy to be here. A lot of compliments in the chat, Colton, on your clock behind you. Oh, the my God. People <laughs> Thank you. The clock. Um, on, on Dan Campbell, just from watching Hard Knocks and, and my like own opinion of, of Dan Campbell, um, it seems like unserious. Uh, you know, like it, it, it's, it's hard to take him seriously. And, you know, you've got, you've got Deuce Daly and Aaron Glenn, like chomping at each other nonstop yeah. during practice. Uh, like convince me or if, or don't, if, if you don't think it's true, but like that, these guys are, are taking this job seriously and not just concussioning, concussion uncling themselves through a, through a football season. Man, you're trying to get me in trouble, aren't you? <laughs> um, here's the thing. Watch this. Here's the thing with, with with Dan Campbell. Like, I kind of had some of the same thoughts, like, last year when I wasn't around this team. Like, you see the the, the press conferences from afar, right, like the, the body kneecaps, cap, all yeah. that stuff. It's easy to kind of paint him as a certain type of coach or however you want to. I think he even calls him – he likes when people call him a meathead because, he, you know, he thinks it gives him an edge when he is actually trying to scheme against you, I guess. So, sure. I think watching Hard Knocks, like, you definitely see that side. That's, that's what stands out. But – the players gravitate towards him, and I think that's important, and especially when the Lions are trying to build something here. They want people to come to Detroit. They want players to, to play for a coach that they they want, you know, that they like. I think Campbell and the after effect of Hard Knocks might be that people flock to him. Hmm. Um, I think that's something that they wanted to do because the Lions were the ones that kind of put themselves out there and said, we want to sign up for Hard Knocks. We have something to show off here. You see the coaching staff with all the former players from – Deuce to AG going at it every day. Um, Antoine Randall L, the receivers coach. Mark Brunel, the quarterbacks coach. Kelvin Shepard, linebackers. Um, Hank I was not impressed with Brunel. Yeah, he wasn't great on the show. They, they kind of did him dirty there. Um, but uh, they have so many former players on staff that I think they trust that the brain, the brain power, the collective brain power that they have, that they've assembled from 80-plus years of playing experience, that that'll take them far. Um, I know he's not really chalked up as this X's and O's guy, but – you know, I don't think you really have to be as long as you have a good staff around you. Um, you know, you he's he's played for some or he's coached and played under some good coaches in his career. So I think he's learned a lot from them. And again, they're kind of banking on this whole players coach thing working out. And if it does, if, if Campbell wins here, that might be a blueprint for other teams in the NFL. So um, I guess we'll see. But, you know, I've kind of described him as maybe 
And I don't know if this is entirely accurate, but he's kind of the Ted Lasso of the NFL right now in, in the sense that players love him. Like he's got this, this perception that he doesn't know what he's doing, but at the end of the day, right. he might surprise some people. And, you know, based on what we've seen in Hard Knocks, I think that's the blueprint for what they want to do. I like how 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 Ted Lasso has has popularized like uh, being a, a nice guy, right? Yeah. Because you know it's it, because in Philly they've said the same thing about Nick Sirianni, and coaches have have developed such a reputation for 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 being like hard asses, so to speak. That yep. uh, you know that if there's a coach who Marissa, let's treats clip people out just asses, so to speak. <laughs> if if. If, if if there's a coach who like treats people with respect, then all of a sudden they're you know they have to be compared to a fictionalized character yeah. because there's no precedent for it before. But right? the so, guy that he's replacing, they, like they could not have gone in a yeah, further was, opposite direction yes. here. And I think that was intentional. Uh, so I'm I'm curious, and and this ties a bit in it ties a lot into the game in that I've seen reports out that this is sold out, right? Standing room only at Ford yeah. Field, and I'm curious not to portray. The Eagles has like the 72 Dolphins, right? Like, like they can be beaten, right? But uh, what's the the expectation for the Lions going into this year? Is it viewed as like year two of this giant rebuild? Is is there a thought that they can make some noise this year? And is there a thought they can make some noise on Sunday? You know, I think Hard Knocks kind of heighten expectations over here. And, and they're always high going into the year, even though it's the Lions. But, you know, a lot of people sip in that blue Kool-Aid because of Hard Knocks. But uh, I think this year should be viewed as a foundation foundational year, like what year one last year, three thirteen and one. But I think they like the progress in a lot of areas down the stretch. I think you could see signs of life there, which is important. And they were still bad enough to get a guy like Aiden Hutchinson, which is what you want in year one of a rebuild. So year two, I think you know if they can get into that seven to eight win range, I think that would be considered a good year, um, just based on you know the roster. It's still not where it needs to be. There's still a lot of holes on this team. Um, secondary still concern, um, you know, offensive line depth, you know, and, and the injuries there. I think the starting offensive line is good, but, you know, you never know with all these injuries. And uh, the linebacker spot, too, I think there are some questions there. But I would say if they can get to that seven, eight win, win range, I think a lot of people would be happy, maybe even six, as long as you're showing some signs of life and some signs of progress along the way, um, still get a decent draft pick, add some more talent. They've got the Rams pick um, this year. So, I think they feel good about where they are if they can get there. And again, it's, they, they just got to be more competitive in these games than they were last year. I think people will be happy with that. Um, again, the the, the Kool Aid's been sipped, but uh, I think it deservedly so. What, what we've seen with from Hard Knocks, I think there's a lot of reason for expectation and reason for, to be optimistic about this team going into the season, as long as um, you know they don't get too over the top of those those expectations. All right, Colton. Last question for me: uh, Any good Josiah Scott stories? Oh man. You know, I only covered him for was it one or two, one or two years. I don't really have a ton. You don't have to have an answer. He was a good dude to talk to, though. I like I always like chopping it up with him. Uh, one of those classic D'Antonio guys, the under, underrated three star mm -hmm. found out of I think he's from Ohio. Um, yep. So he's he's a good dude. I forgot he was on the Eagles. So that'll be, that'll be fun to see him. I'm I'm sure you were expecting a Josiah Scott question. Yeah, of course, uh, definitely. The, no, the the uh, the the I last one on Williams, but. The last one for me is 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 when you get off here, uh, we're going to be talking about matchups that might entice the Eagles, right? You know, yep. we'll get into, into the nitty gritty from the Eagles' perspective. Um, from a Lions' perspective, what's what's the matchup that should give them optimism? Oof, that should give them optimism. You know, I, I would have said, 
I don't even know if I would have said the offensive line if they were healthy. I think they would feel better if those guys were healthy. Um, you know, I do like I do like these receivers. Um, I think they're a sneaky good receiver core in, in, in the league. They might not be anyone's first choice, but the chemistry that Goff's shown with them, I think people are going to see that uh, throughout the season and maybe as early as week one because – Amon Ross St. Brown is the dude. Like the way that he works, the way that he prepares, he goes up there, he catches, I think, 202 passes on the jugs machine yeah. every single day after practice. Um, Josh Reynolds, he's got great chemistry with Jared Goff from their time in LA. And DJ Chark, I think, you know, the Lions field, they have, he has some untapped potential that the Jacksonville Jaguars maybe didn't use him in the best way. And I think they're hoping. Would it be the first time that's happened? Would not be the first time. Uh, so I think they're hoping to unlock some things from him. And, you know, I'm excited to see what they can do against those, uh, those Eagles corners. You know, it's it's funny. Real quick, we always talk during free agency, like or in a trade, that what is the you know the other team know that you don't, you know, because you're working with it with the, with with the information deficit. When you look at the players who've gone out the door in in, in Jacksonville, it seems like uh, you know that's a good team to target. Get get their yeah. former players <laughs> because there's untapped potential there. And TJ Chark is not afraid to like light light into some of those those dudes in Jacksonville, especially Irvin mm-hmm. Meyer, as we've seen. So uh, he's he's been fun to have around for sure. Player after my own heart. All right, uh, Colton Pouncey, thank you so much for spending time and, and joining us. You can follow Colton on Twitter at under at Colton underscore Pouncey, and also uh, check him out on the Athletic. Thanks, uh, thanks again, Colton. Yeah, thank thanks, you. Thanks for having me. We'll see you uh, when the Eagles and Lions meet up in the NFC Championship game again. <laughs> Absolutely, that'll be fun. All right, a little break here, and then coming back with Swooper Sorecasting and our Crystal Ball Eagle predictions. It's only a kick, a jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right. Welcome back to Birds with Friends. Bo, Zach, and Marissa. Thanks again to Colton. How's everybody doing? Are we feeling ready? Are we feeling ready for Swooper? Yeah, Colton was awesome. I'm pumped up. I'm a little nervous, but I love for Colton in the chat. I'm ready. Yeah. Wait, Zach, so you real ready? quick, I I I am ready. We'll just have to refresh the rules. But okay, let's. Uh, this is no, good no, no, because no, there but are a couple of listeners who might wait, not be fully familiar. What's wait, that? Wait, real quick. So we're doing a Swooper. Are are we discussing the matchup before? The predictions, or are we going straight from Swooper to predictions? Because you well, said think, we're doing. I think okay. that uh, within Swooper, there might be some opportunities mm. to discuss some matchups. Okay. Okay. But if there's anything else that you think we have left uh, okay. unsaid before the Crystal Ball Deagle predictions, I think we can discuss it then in between. I just want to make sure that our uh, our loyal audience, like they feel like they're getting their necessary football. This is going to be like right? a two hour episode. I think they'll be fine. <laughs> I just, I just, you know, that, that yeah, there are four yeah. episodes this week. I they're prepped for the game. Okay. That's all. I understand. All right. All right. So <laughs> let's, let's refresh. Swooper sorecasting. We will each have 24 turkeys with which to bid. Uh, now we are going to have 12 prompts. And the idea 
is that we bid on things that we think are going to happen. And if they happen, you get a point. Whoever has the most points each week wins the week. Unused turkeys carry over. And now, Zach, I think we have a nice compromise solution here that is a soft incentive to uh, to hold turkeys, but also makes the game more interesting. And let me find the uh, the, the listener who suggested For our this. Audio listeners, Zach just pulled out a piece of paper and a pen, so he's ready. He did. Yes. Yeah, sh- shout out to Jonah, uh, listener Jonah, who su- suggested this, and I think it's the perfect solution. Are you guys familiar with the concept of skins in a golf match? No. The idea is that if a if we t- if you tie a hole, you're playing a head-to-head match. If you tie a hole, the next hole is worth two points. So basically, we're gonna we, we do it the same as always. However, if two people tie for the most points in a week. Nobody gets any points, and the next week's swooper is worth two points, and so on and so forth. So it's possible we have several ties in a row, and all of a but sudden. But how is that a, fair if the one person doesn't tie? That's that's the that's the soft incentive to hold your to hold your turkeys. So it's it's it's, it's we're continuing on. You're rooting for somebody to win if you don't win, or if you if you're in last, you're hoping for a tie, and you can. Does that does that make sense? So if you so if you and Zach tie this week and I don't, correct. Nobody gets any points. Nobody gets any points. And next week I win. I get get two two points, points, even though I didn't tie with you this week. Correct. So I I know you like giving golf analogies. Okay, I'll I'll give a different analogy because I I don't I don't know golf. It's essentially like a lottery that just grows bigger if no one wins that lottery. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's true. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying to give what, well, yeah, I, I think that the, makes more sense to me. Zach. Yeah. The lottery. I, I think more people understand. The right. In the past we, we gave out, you know, half points and third points, but yeah, no more, Claire no more fractions. It'll be a little easier for Dennis too. And, and for the, the scoring, we'll be only dealing in, in whole numbers. <laughs> the chat is not liking this. Claire says, can we veto this? Conan says, uh, veto the F out of this. Squidward says, oh, hell no. So mm. I don't know. Well, the good news is uh, the chat is not in charge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think Paul said good. that, not me, guys. Just just make that clear. I think this is good. And I think it will add, I think it will add some drama and some tension as we go on it after a tied week when all of a sudden the stakes are raised. I saw Bo fired up earlier. You do not want to get on his bad side. So I don't plan on tying. I just plan what on What was I fired up about? Oh, I like that. <laughs> Uh, Marissa, that did not go un- unnoticed. And, and Nick Sirianni <laughs> loves your competitiveness. It's, it's it's like Howie Roseman says: they don't get paid to play; they get paid to win, right? What was um, I fired up about? About Jimmy Kemsky starting five. Mm. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm not I'm just dumb. <laughs> no, but he like he he walked out. You know, I think I I made a comment that someone has to has to be on that list, and Bo just got up and walked away. Yes. Well, I mean, listen, I mean, and we're just, we're, we're all of a sudden dealing in a post-fact society. I, mean, I should be on that team, but if that team doesn't want to win, that's fine. No, I'm, I'm, I'm just messing. All right. So, so how many are we starting off with? All right. So we, everybody gets 24 turkeys. Yep. Okay. Now we are going to go around. Uh, there's a bit of a gentleman, gentlewoman's agreement, gentle person's agreement that uh, we're going to just, we're going to. Go around the horn, Zach, you're the defending champion. You can choose which spot one to three you want in the rotation. Daniz has submitted his chaotic 
suggestions, uh, and those will be slotted into four, eight, and twelve. And we're going to just give our uh, our prompts live instead of having Marissa uh, read them for us in a random order. Okay. Yeah. So the only potential problem with this um, is we could have similar ones. Um, so I came with like eight because I got mine from the chat. So I'm ready to go. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to do it. All right. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. So the number that I'm picking is just where this prompt go, is on the order. Do, right? do you want to go? We're going to go in the same order in each round. So yeah. do you want to go first, second, or third? Uh, I'll, I will. We'll, we go first, second, third. Okay. I'll go first then. It's okay. it's not snaking. No, it's not snaking. Okay. So then I'll go first then. Okay. okay I'll go third. Well, no, Marissa, you pick. Why would I? Why would I jump? That's I don't care. Rude. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. No. Yeah. All right. All right, we'll okay. go Zach, Marissa, Bo. Zach, okay. start us off. Five. What? Wait, what? <laughs> Sorry, wait, I misinterpreted. Wait, wait, hold on a second. <laughs> what Sorry. did you think was going on? <laughs> okay. That's what I was asking. Okay. I and I was nervous for this game. <laughs> what? I thought... I thought all of the prompts were designated by a number. That's what I didn't understand. I thought the prompts were designated. No, you're just gonna say, just gonna say your prompt. Okay, all right. Because I sent them to Marissa earlier. Okay, Marissa, you got the ones I sent, correct? I didn't look at them because we were supposed to. It was supposed to be. Wait, surprised. time out. I Seven. wrote you guys. I, I wrote you guys. So do I send by swoopers or not? And you said, yeah, then yes. we said we did. Then, yeah, then, then we, there was a, the thread continued. Uh, I, oh, okay. I, I didn't see the, rest 10. Of the thread. I'm sorry. Okay. All right. All right. Now I am caught up here. I am good. Five. That's what I was. I was literally trying to ask you what I was, what the prompt was signaling. I thought these were all written down. Now I understand. Okay. Mikey in the chat okay. says distracting the competition. Smart. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> a big munger. This is a big munger move. Okay. All right. Here, here I go. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, Devontae Smith is the leading receiver. For both teams or or just the, the Eagles, Eagles leading? For the Eagles. Two. Devontae Smith is the Eagles leading receiver. Okay. Three. Five. That's what I meant five for. <laughs> we should have you were just blind bidding? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a Dutch auction, right? Is, is that what we call it? I'll go six. Am I also still the auctioneer? No, you don't have to. Um, six going once. Seven. Seven going once. Seven going twice. Sold to Zach. I'm trying to figure out how I can say face. I might just like shout five for all of these. So <laughs> so I have like a, that was your like, that was your plan yes. going in was to just yeah. bid five on everything. Yes, yes, exactly. Okay. Exactly. All right, Marissa. Okay. So I Wait, took... by the way, can we edit that out of, of the actual thing? The no, thing? are you I'm kidding? Very no. By that. <laughs> Why? That wasn't like probably the best moment of the podcast. Okay. Yeah, I mean easily. Okay. <laughs> After Colin. Okay. So I took mine from the chat, and that's what I plan on doing. So we still get chat submissions each okay. week. 
but I did have one of my own because, you know, offensive line got to go with the O-line. Mm. So I'm going to have a lot of faith in the Eagles O-line. And I'm going to say that Aiden Hutchinson does not have a sack or a QB hit. Ooh, or a QB hit. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. So I'll start at one. Five. Beat me to it. <laughs> All yours. Six. Ooh. Ooh, I kind of like this one. I'm betting against a little short arm man, little the T Rex. I'm not buying the hype. Jordan, my lot in Lane Johnson. I'll go seven. Ooh. Seven going right. once. Seven going twice. Two. You're I'm out. Two. All right. Ah, uh, okay. I can't be so conservative. Probably okay. All right. Nothing wrong. Yeah. You know, a dollar saved is dollar earned, right? All right. Um, for me, I have an Eagles rookie has either a sack, an interception, a forced fumble, or a fumble recovery. Three. Eagles rookie. Could be Jordan Davis. Could be Nicobe Dean. Could be Reed Blankenship. Could be Josh Job. I went big on the first one out of my embarrassment, and I am uh, I'm holding firm here. I'll go four. Five. It's a lot of possibilities. It is, yeah. Can you read them again? A sack, mm-hmm. an interception, or involved or- in a fumble, a fumble okay. recovery or a fumble forced. Obviously, Jordan Davis, the, the likely one here, but you know, Nicobe Dean could be on the field. We just heard that Frank Ragnow might not be playing. Mm, five going once. Five going know. twice. Marissa, you got it. Oh, my first swooper. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You always remember your first swooper. <laughs> All right. Okay. You have you have uh, the first submission from Dinez. Okay. Oh, he even submitted these on like separate pages, so I couldn't see the next one. All he right. He thinks of everything. I have not read this yet. So the item is the Eagles win the game. And this is a sealed bid all play auction. All three players privately write down their bids and then reveal them at the same time. The highest bidder wins the item. But all three payers pay whatever the bid, whether they won the item or not. A bid of zero is allowed. If there is a tie, each player involved in the tie is rewarded an equal fraction of the item. For example, if there is a two-way tie, each player involved in the tie will get half point in the final tally of the if the item hits. Because it's an all-play auction, a tie does not change anything about payments. All players must pay their bid, their own bid, no matter what. Mm. That's a lot. Interesting. Yeah. And early on, so... How many turkeys do you want to save? Eagles four and a half point favorites. So, so how are we revealing this? You got to write it down and then hold up your piece of paper. Uh, Zach oh. and I have 17 turkeys left. Marissa has 19 turkeys left. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's think about this. 
Mm. I don't have a pen in front of me, so. I trust you, Marissa. You're, I'm going to pull up an honorable. image. Bo needs to write it down, but but you, but you <laughs> can. Uh... Okay. I got mine on my phone. Okay. Okay. Three, two, one, eight. Wow. You guys went so low. Marissa gets it at eight. I went two. Zach went five. So really? Zach is down to 12 turkeys. I am down to 15 turkeys. Marissa has 11 turkeys, and she has the Eagles win the game. Are you guys serious? You bit that low? So, so you automatically lose my turkeys. Lose, you lose those no matter what now. Well, yeah, that's why I went low. I thought I was going to win. Case, in, case, in case either of you went very low and, and chose not to bid. Honestly, I was simply trying to look for a reason why I shot at five earlier. So I thought that <laughs> if I wrote five here. Yeah, but the then, middle ground, that's so unlike you. That's a it, waste of turkeys. Then it would be like Jason Kidd seeing a play before it happened, right? Mm. So I thought I could use that analogy. The other thing I was thinking of is when I shot at five, I was referring, I was asking, do I have the fifth question, which I do because I had the first. So that's another reason. But yeah, this sucks that I lost five turkeys. So. <laughs> Um, <laughs> all right, Zach has 12 left, Marissa has 11 left. I have 15 left. I'm so mad I almost went two. six. I didn't think I'd even get it with six. Oh, okay. No, I mean, um, I'm kind of frustrated here. Um, <laughs> I mean, this is I just basically lost like this is saw. You know, this is Dennis's saw. You are this is this is like losing 20% of uh, of what you have in one yeah, day. I didn't think right? you would be so willy nilly with your turkeys. I don't think I was willy nilly. I thought five was a reasonable number there but mm, i don't know Marissa, i thought that was an obvious swooper though like yeah oh yeah i mean it's one, definitely a good one to get you see i i i was gonna go all in first but then i think you either go yeah you either go very low or you go very high yeah um dana right. is always always playing games with us yeah seriously denise <laughs> all right zach you're up uh jared goff throws for more yards than Matthew Stafford did on Thursday. And Matthew Stafford threw for 240 yards. Two. Two going once. Three. Three. You can have it, Marissa. Three. I heard Marissa first. Three going once. Three going twice. You heard Colton say that he really liked Four. this matchup here. Okay, there you go. Four to give... Uh, uh, some more pursuit. Obviously, the Eagles playing with a new defense or a new, you know, up upgraded secondary. In last year's matchup, of course, when when the Eagles won by a big margin, Jared Goff threw for 222 yards, but he exceeded 240 yards in five games last year. Missed three games, so five of 14 games he exceeded this total. Four going once. Four going twice. Four sold to me. Not that exciting, but Jared Goff tops 240 yards passing. I would guess that uh, what every every other opposing quarterback did it to the Eagles last year. Just kidding. That's a that's a Gannon joke for you, Zach. I know. I'm I'm still rebounding from the from giving away well, five. Boy, Denny's knows what he's doing. He's he's his goal is to ruin your weekend. Uh, mission well it's not gonna ruin my weekend we have football this weekend but certainly mm, thank ruin you, my thank you jesus my friday afternoon all right marissa you're up okay all right so the rest of my submissions are uh 
uh, credit to the chat. So Zach, you have one... 12 turkeys left and Marissa and I have 11. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I only have one thing. Yes. Okay. Eagles edge rushers combined for two and a half sacks or more. And when we, so when we, we qualify edge rushers, that good includes good clarification. The, that includes the strong side, like which is not just the so Hassan Reddick counts as net. So if a, and the reason I ask is is if Hassan Reddick rushes up the middle, he still counts as an edge rusher, correct? I don't know, Marissa, it's yours. What do you think? Oh, Are we the talking? Chat did just not clarify that. Ends? Um, I'll say because it's two and a half or more, so it's like kind of a bigger number. I'll say yes, it does count. Okay. That means Patrick so, Johnson and Kyron Johnson count yeah. too, just so we're yeah. setting the setting the boundaries in case it happens. Okay. Yes. One. Two. Three. Four. Four going once. Uh, Four going twice. And I actually like this map, but like, I can't keep throwing turkeys around. <laughs> I, I I will stay out of this one. All right, Marissa, you get it. Okay. And uh, to give over two and a half, back. right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So so to give some context here, um, the uh, Jared Goff. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Jared Goff was sacked five times by the Eagles last season. And the Eagles totaled a season-high six sacks. So they had six sacks in that game against the Lions. Of course, it helped to play with the lead, but that was the most sacks that they had all season uh, was, was that Lions game. And now we're counting Brandon Graham if he is rushing from the inside. That We're, we're just talking about the players, yes. not the, the sack yeah. comes from the edge, right? Yes, by the position, correct. Okay. We should have done this in the preseason to prepare us, right? Like this is seriously, this Just is Zach. We have played it for two years. <laughs> I mean, Michael Dunn's played football for for how long, and he still has the preseason to prepare for the regular season. I mean, this is this is. Uh, I I was not prepared for for this. Where we uh, sorry, you I'm know what? Throwing no a wrinkle in Zach's game. Yeah. No excuses. Bottom line, I need to be better, and I take responsibility. <laughs> oh, I think you not, need to not take it quite as seriously. But All right, next up, uh, we have mine. I have 11 turkeys left. Zach has 12. Marissa has seven. The prompt here is a player on either team scores multiple touchdowns in the game. Two. Three. about to say and again for the for the for any new listeners uh really you don't you don't usually have to watch on youtube but zach's pained facial expressions in super sarcastic really are where where the gold is well uh, the way to speak more clearly is to speak from your chest and not the the end so i was about to say three but i i was i didn't want to just i was trying to speak clearly um and you beat me to it I don't know if this is worth four points. Three going once. Three going twice. Three sold to the handsome Wait, man with the and real quick, haircut. This is the player getting into the end zone. So it's not someone throwing a touchdown twice. Correct. Correct. Yes. Okay. Scoring scores two touchdowns. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. What's what what mad sickness does uh, Denny's have cooked for us at this time? All right, Zach, buckle up. 
Oh goodness. Denise. Okay. So this is just a normal, um, normal one. The player with the fewest turkeys left at the end of this round or tied for the fewest turkeys left at the end of this round wins this item. <laughs> so it's me so far. The player with the fewest turkeys left. Sorry, I was just getting a text from someone. Um, I was reading it. Uh, the person I'll read gets, it again. Yeah, Although the fewest we got spam in the chat right now. Yeah, Hold get, on. I'll we got a lot spam. of things yeah. going on. So the fewest turkeys wins this round. The player with the fewest turkeys left at the end yeah. of this round or tied for the fewest turkeys left at the end of this round wins this item. But that means it's just a point. You get a you get a free point. Or is there an is there an item that follows? And real quick, we're specifying round as as this question at the end of this question or at the end of, of today. That's how mm-hmm. I believe it at the end of this question. Yeah. Interesting. That's how I interpret it as well. But I don't understand. You just get a free point. It's written by Diniz. It's game theory, Bo. Do you want to teach you game theory? Okay. <laughs> uh, two. Oh, I don't remember. What do we all start with that. again? I have eight. Marissa has seven. Zach has 12. Three. Four. Five. I'm unlikely to win this week, so it doesn't make sense for me to exhaust my turkeys on this one just, just to get up to two points. Six. Seven. All right. You got it. I got a point. Yeah. Guys, not to get ahead of myself, but <laughs> I think I'm doing pretty well. I think you're doing, you're doing pretty great. well. But you are out of the uh what is left here. So you're okay. you are done. But I have you, four. You have four, yes. You have uh Well, you're not ro- carrying any turkeys the next week. So right. you're right. you're starting from I don't well, not from a deficit. But she but might you, get a point though. So you've already yeah. got one point. Yep. The one that you just got. You've also got the rookies, uh getting a, a, a thing on defense. You've got the Eagles win and you've got uh two and a half sacks or more from mm-hmm. the edge rushers. All right. So Zach, you've got 12 generic... left. I've got eight left. There are four yeah. items left. Yes. To use the, uh, the generic expression that you hear, but it is accurate. Week one can be fluky, right? You can't judge. You can't judge things by week one. Why are you calling, um, you're calling Marissa a fluke win? No, 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 not it. That's not at all what I was suggesting. I was just—I was saying the week one teams are trying to figure out their schemes. They're trying sure, to figure out yeah. their strategies. Lots to unveil. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Okay. okay. All right, Zach. You're uh, up. Jalen Hurts has more rushes than Lions points. One. Two. Three. I'll be the auctioneer. Going once. Going twice. You have it. Sold. Yeah, I didn't really want Zach, that do one. you have one? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I have 11 turkeys. So You have 12 turkeys. Yeah, that's what I meant. 12 turkeys. Um, right. And the way to give some perspective here, because we are talking about football here. We're not just doing these games. Jalen Hurts had seven rushes last year, and the Detroit Lions had six points last year. Okay. Okay. All right, Marissa, yours. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Also from the chat, 
The game finishes at 3.59 p.m. or earlier. Oh, so we're going under three hours mm. for this game. I mean, that, that very seldom happens, you know, so. I guess one just to get it just to get a dog in the, in the fight I guess. i'm gonna let you have it okay <laughs> yeah. they're really gonna run the ball here right yeah eastern time just that's possible that's possible time. i mean no they don't kick off till like 406 so mm. yeah 106 yeah. yeah yeah that's what i meant okay all right uh my last one is uh the final score both teams finish with an odd number of points well, this is an interesting one. I, I actually, I would like to look up what what the probability is for this. Um, well, theoretically, it's twenty five percent because it's fifty and fifty. But I don't no, know. but in no, I. It's not. It's not. That's not I, quite perfect. Yeah. It's no. I meant in terms of like what the most common score yes. is in a football game. That I I know that the probability is twenty five percent. But I was <laughs> just, uh, just, just saying. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 when you're dealing with threes and sevens most of the time, right? I want to you know, so I want to figure out what the oh yeah, uh, two, three. Hmm. Do I hear four? Uh, I I want to. I'm too interested in Danizes to give up my turkeys here. I want to know what the last thing is. All right, Zach, you get it. I like football ones. I'm getting all these non-football ones. <laughs> That's your choice, Zach. All right, you got eight left. I got five left. We all have the same the same advantage to bid on them. Okay. Din is his final one. Nate Sudfeld plays at least one snap. Ooh. And he gave a backup item if this was already used. Oh, okay. I guess so last year, yeah. So so last year, David Blau did enter the game. Then Sudfeld is the number two quarterback, and he said, "But he just got there this play." Actually, yeah, he is the number two quarterback. He's the only other quarterback on their roster. Uh, I'll go two. one, two. Oh. I I have eight turkeys. You said correct. Three. So I hear four. Uh, I wish I had gotten the odd one instead. But there's lots of paths to Sudfeld playing a snap. Special teams counts, right? That is not specified. It doesn't say offensive snap. That's a snap. It does not say. It, it just says be a backup holder. Sudfeld plays at least one snap. You're really gambling on Sudfeld being the backup. Holder. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta <laughs> clarify these things all ahead of time. Okay, okay. Suddy, suddy, suddy. <laughs> Do I like my other things enough? Going once. I think Marissa's taking it home this week. I'm out. Sold to Zach for three. Yeah. All right. All right. So Zach's got the Sudfeld one. The two teams have odd points. The game finishes in uh, before 3.59. And uh, Devontae leads the Eagles in receiving. We talked about Marissa's. I have 
Uh, Jared Goff throws for over 240. Someone in the game scores at least two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts rushes for more points than the Lions score. And Aiden Hutchinson does not have a sack or quarterback hit. All right. I feel good about Marissa's. But Zach and I Me carry too. over Zach and I carry over five turkeys. Okay. All right, Zach. That's, what why, are these... I, that's why I shot at five. <laughs> he knew he was gonna take home five. There you go. Uh, from the beginning, it all comes back to five. Yes, yes. You, you really planned that out very nicely. Yes. I'm, longest <laughs> right. view in the room right here. What are these big what are these big uh, football matchups that you've been really hoping to <laughs> enlighten our listeners with? <laughs> you say that so condescendingly, <laughs> as if like as if like, oh, we need to talk about football on this podcast. We've been talking about football all week. I guess one I of them mean, was a national <laughs> tinge, but yeah. Um, yeah, so uh all summer also we we can't obviously get into how the the teams stack up here um there's 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 not really a tale of the tape but if you want 29th in dboa last year 29th on Mm -hmm. offense and on defense Mm -hmm. um you when in talking to colton we went through the lions injury situation but pay attention to their interior offensive line and if you think about that game last year we mentioned the sacks i know we had the edge rusher prop but actually the pressure was coming up the middle um, against the Lions. And, and even in, in week one, when Needles had that big week one game against the Falcons, the pressure was coming up the middle then. Javon Hargrave had two sacks that day. I think we're, we're going to see a defense that looks uh, different than what we saw in the past, more versatile. You're going to see odd man fronts. Uh, that's that's not news. We discussed it throughout the, the preseason. But Jonathan Gannon has kept a lot in his pocket. There's a reason why they didn't play the starters beyond the first quarter of, of that first game. Uh, a key thing to watch for the Eagles on on defense is the playing time distribution of the front seven, right? Where, how often is Hassan Reddick playing? With what uh, position is he playing? How often is he dropping? How often is he rushing? How often is Jordan Davis playing? What's the defensive line distribution? You know, is is Derek Barnett like a down the rotation pass rusher? Or is he in this mix here with Brandon Graham and Josh Sweat? So, so anyways, there's a lot there to observe. Like you mentioned at the top, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, the Eagles are kind of not saying how much he's going to play, but that is, that's something to watch. We we mentioned the return situation. Um, that's, that's something the Eagles think from a competitive purpose. They want to hold that close to their vest. I still think Britton Covey is going to get the promotion there. And then offensively, and I want to give a, a, a credit to Aaron Reese from The Athletic. He does a good job of giving us um, true media notes, uh, of, of giving us some stats for each each game. He's essentially like a, a research department for us. But one thing that really jumped out when looking at those numbers is, and I know all years are different, but uh, first off, Detroit ranked 29th in pass defense DVOA last year against tight ends. Howie Roseman said on radio this week that he thinks Dallas Goddard is the player who's kind of being forgotten when everything's being discussed about this offense. Goddard had seven targets, six catches, 72 receiving yards against Detroit last year. Pay attention to a potential big game from Dallas Goddard. And this ties into both Goddard and A.J. Brown. But Detroit was particularly susceptible in the middle of the field. They they allowed the Mm. third highest rate of passes over the middle of the field that turned into first downs and the fifth highest completion rate over the middle of the field. So uh, AJ Brown and Dallas Goddard, 
uh, could both be active in the middle of the field this game. And as Bo has documented, that was the part of the field where if you looked at his spray chart last year, uh, was not particularly effective in that area. So anyways, just a few notes there to look out for in this game. Those are some good notes. Curious to see, uh, you know, after the Bills went all the way, no blitzing, how much uh, blitzing are we going to see from Johnny Gans? Um, I think, I, you know, I think that I think the Lions corners are there for the taking. I think we're going to I think we're going to see a lot of passing in this game as much as the Eagles were uh, dominant running the ball against the Lions last year. I, I think I think they're going to be airing it out to some degree. I agree. Now, is, is if if you can give me thirty seconds on this, are you at all concerned? You can take as much time as you want. About the return situation, and the reason I ask is, longtime Eagles fans remember that two thousand seven game when they went into it mm-hmm. like, oh, there's nothing to see here. We're fine at, at at returner. They of course they cut Jeremy Bloom before the season started. He was their expected returner. They have Greg Lewis and J.R. Reed back there, and it cost the Eagles the game. Packers, I think, won fifteen ten that day. And they did not score an offensive touchdown, but they returned a muff or they fielded a muff punt uh, that was returned for a touchdown. And then there was also another muff punt um, that was uh, recovered by the Packers. So do you think this is a concern for the Eagles being, I don't want to say unprepared, but certainly inexperienced at that position? I would say that I'm not concerned about it from uh, like, did are they doing the right thing this week? And more like, could they have done a better job upgrading it over the offseason okay. or finding somebody, you know, off waivers? Like the guy who's being replaced, Jalen Rager, was not a reliable returner to begin with. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure. had trouble catching the ball. If uh, I don't expect that that if it is Covey, he's going to be super dynamic. But I think that he should be trustworthy to catch the ball on punts and get like four yards. And that's probably all they need. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the kickoff returner too. I would I wouldn't be shocked if it's Quez Watkins. You know, Daniz asked the question to us the other day about um, Shane Steichen mentioning Pascal and not Watkins. We might see more Pascal than uh, some people are expecting, and and that's maybe part of the reason why the Eagles are looking for a way to get the ball in Quez Watkins' hands uh, on kickoff returns. But I'm not. I would say that I'm not overly concerned about it. I would imagine that their marching orders are protect the ball, protect the ball, protect the ball. Absolutely. You know, we'll see. How about you? Are, are you worried about it? I, I'm i not because – well, I'll, I'll say this. I'm assuming that it's Covey. We don't know that for a fact, right? We'll see what happens with that last roster spot. We'll see what happens with practice squad elevations. I would be very concerned if it's Kenny Gainwell or, Ke- or Quez Watkins or who else they talk about, Avante Maddox, uh, Boston Scott, guys who have not done this on a regular basis for a few years. If it's Britton Covey, I view it almost like, you know, just an, like, like an offseason acquisition, right? Someone who is a really good college returner who has done it throughout the summer, who hasn't done it yet at the NFL level, but you're adding someone who has that experience. So we're operating under the assumption that it is Covey based on just our own logic, right? Knowing that they have that roster spot, knowing who's, who's there. Um, as long as it's Covey, no issue with it. If they try to pull off like that Greg Lewis, J.R. Reed situation from 2007, then yeah, I, I I would be concerned about it. I agree. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right, Zach, let's get into it. Our crystal ball dingo predictions. Week one, are we going to be dealing with a uh, fired up fan base? Or are we going to deal be dealing with the sky is falling come uh, late Sunday evening? Uh, fi- a fired up fan base. Yeah, a fired up fan base. Look, I I look at this. I looked at this game uh, last night and this morning with a critical eye. 
right? I, I mean, the line is a little lower than I expected. Minus four I, right now? Yeah, I, I I think the Eagles are clearly the superior team. I've said on this podcast, and I have said in conversations that when you're strong along the line of scrimmage, it, it, you know, you can stay competitive. And I think the Lions aren't bad along the line of scrimmages, but they're certainly not like uh, the Eagles, right? Um, so I, I look at this like the Eagles have, in my opinion, the mismatch on both sides. They're the better team. Week one can be fluky. There, you know, there is an element of surprise. I think that's often with a new coach or new scheme or new quarterback or something of that nature. You're not getting that necessarily from the Lions. Um, so I, I think the Eagles win. I think they win. I think they cover. I think they win. I don't think it's it's the same thing as Atlanta last year, but I certainly think it's going to feel like that, where they are just rolling all game. I expect Jalen Hurts to have one of his better passing games of the season. Um, I, I think A.J. Dallas Goddard and Devontae Smith each go over 60 yards. As a reporter, I never have a dog in the, in the fight, but I— but You do uh, have a dog in the mentality. <laughs> no, I was going to say, but I, I do have turkeys in Swooper. And uh, and so if, if Devontae is the leader among those three— I won't necessarily be so angry on uh, Sunday night, right? Um, the Eagles, I I uh, I think get multiple sacks, and I think Hassan Reddick um, rushes up the middle, takes advantage of the 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 uh, a, the lack of clarity with the guard play for the Lions, but similar to what we saw in that joint practice in Miami, Reddick in the Joker role rushes up the middle, gets a sack against Jared Goff. Bottom line. Think the Eagles win. Eagles thirty-one, Lions sixteen. Thirty-one, sixteen. Oh, and and one other thing. I'm sorry to, to jump on you. Something that I am paying attention to. I asked Nick Sirianni about this today. Is pace of play. Nick Sirianni mm. made a comment on radio earlier this week. Um, he was asked a good question by Elliot Shore Parks uh, about the amount of plays that they ran in shorter practices this year, and he said they made an emphasis. They had an emphasis on on uh, faster pace in practice watching the play clock and getting that that playoff sooner. And the reason I bring this up is because I could see scenarios where the Eagles play with more tempo last year. They were uh, tied for 15th, 16th in the NFL last year in, in, in plays per game, but it was their fewest since 2009. Um, and uh, if they're trying to get more guys involved, if they're trying to keep the defense in a certain look for Jalen Hurts, playing with pace is one way to do it. And also, I, I think those are all great points. One extra thing to combat the defense potentially yes. giving up long drives. Is good point. Yeah. Give, get yourself more plays on offense. Uh, good stuff, Zach. I, uh, I'm with you. I, you know, week one's weird, and so I'm on guard. But I just, I just don't see it here. Um, I, I think that you know maybe the maybe the Ford Field fan base the one time all year that they're excited about the team and have high expectations. I would imagine it'll certainly be a different atmosphere than it was last year uh, on Halloween. But like the, the lions being strong on both sides of the ball on the offensive line and the defensive line, I don't see it. Like, I mean, the offensive line, we've talked about the injuries, the defensive line to me is very blah. Um, I mean, if Aiden Hutchinson comes out and is, and is like a, a pro bowl caliber player right away, that's one thing, but otherwise, you know, I'm not, I don't think uh, I don't think anybody's pits are sweating over Charles Harris, however many seven and a half sacks he had last year or Levi on Wuzurike. Um, So let's calm down there. I think the, I think the Lions corners are there for the taking. Um, 
I think the Eagles are, I think AJ Brown is going to be able to pick on people uh, in this game. I think, I think I expect him to have a big game just knowing how much uh, Jalen Hurts was like connecting with him on, on such a consistent basis with such ease over the summer. I expect that to carry over. Um, I actually think Miles Sanders could have a big game a bit under the radar here because he's been sort of the forgotten man. Is he going to be healthy? Is he not? If he is healthy, we've talked about it. This is the most running back friendly offense in the league on a, uh, on a per snap on a per carry basis, at least because of the attention given to Jalen hurts. I think if, if he's healthy, I think he can be explosive against a defense that I don't, I don't think is, is worrying anybody too much. So, you know, Maybe, maybe, maybe Deuce Staley is bringing some kind of crazy uh, motivation for these guys that's going to bring them over the top, but uh, that's that's just not how I see it playing out. So I've got the Eagles 23-14, maybe a little bit lower scoring than the Eagles might expect or like, but that's what I've got. Uh, real quick here, um, before we get off, the Eagles' final injury report is out. Yourself. <laughs> Nobody is on the injury report for the Eagles for the final one. So not even all- Josiah. No, so uh, not questionable or anything like that. He will, he is eligible to play for this game or healthy enough to play for this game. For the Lions, um, some notable news here. Okay, Tommy Kramer out with a back injury. We talked about that. He was the uh, back, he was the backup yeah. right guard. Yeah, Levi Anwuzaruki, like you mentioned, out uh, back mm. injury. Um, uh, the uh, the back Melifonu from Syracuse, uh, doubtful. Um, Julian Okwara, questionable. Mm. And then this is the big one here. Frank Ragnow, questionable with a groin injury. Well, and and this is the like this is the the answer to the question and the framing that has been posed by certain people over the course of the summer. The Eagles having a relatively light training camp versus the Lions hitting. Well, guess what? They're banged up. It's they had the season hasn't even started and they're banged up. So that's that's how that worked out. Um, not to say that, you know, one thing is definitely right or wrong, but that's the risk you take. Uh, we'll see if, we'll see if they are more prepared, uh, you know, in a tackling sense, in an execution sense, that will be something interesting to watch. But the flip side is they have gotten themselves more injured than, than the Eagles did. So, all right, Marissa, do you, do you want to give uh, you want to give predictions? No, I'll trust you guys. You guys are <laughs> okay. the experts. Yeah. Well, I like what you guys have. Very to say. debatable. I'm the expert at Swooper. You guys can be the expert at. <laughs> you did outstanding. Well, how do we? You know what? You know what? We we. You're, I'm, you, I'm gonna jinx myself. You this could be like devious. You could have been lot. watching. You could have been paying attention. You could have opened the Denny's thing earlier. We don't know. No, I swear. Well, first of all, when the one I won, it wouldn't matter because mm, that's true. It was the blind bid. So exactly. let's not get ahead of ourselves. Here, okay. Now <laughs> you know how I feel, Marissa. Yes. <laughs> but no, I did not. I opened it. He sent me an email with an attachment and each uh, submission was on a separate page. So I didn't even open the attachment and I couldn't see when I was scrolling. He he thought of everything. So and, you know, even if I did see it, that one didn't matter. That's true. It was that very clear to all our listeners. It, it was whoever that that idiot was who who sent you his his three because he thought that's what we were doing. I didn't even so. look at yours, Zach. <laughs> I really didn't. Um, uh, I I would not be worried about that because that was my own wrongdoing there. I'm responsible for that. Um, yeah, I, I think you did great at it, and it's you're a formidable foe. So it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be. Interesting <laughs> I'm probably jinxing myself with all this confidence, but hey, first week, why not? <laughs> all right, 
Well, that'll go do rookies. it. Go rookies. Go rookies. That'll do it for this episode of Birds with Friends. We will be back Sunday night with a live post-game pod all season long, uh, of course. And until then, enjoy the weekend. Hopefully go to the Mount Joy show on Saturday night. And then enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll talk to you then. So, for Zach and Marissa, I'm Bo. Remember, five will always love you. And as always, we love you.